Ladies and gents, welcome to Next Level Radio. I am your host, Colby Wartman, and our mission is to tackle the biggest questions in strength and conditioning, business, investing, and everything in between. We bring to you the best people in every sector so that you, the listener, can benefit and learn from the best in the biz. Whether that is S&C or business, you can rest assured you're getting the best knowledge available. Having trained athletes for many, many years, we have tried every treadmill known to man. You name it, we've tried it. With these treadmills, there's always been a disconnect, something missing for our athletic performance, something that just does not correlate to athletic success on the field until we tried our Trueform runners. Trueform for over 10 years has been elevating the performance of pro athletes, college athletes, recreational runners, and everyday athletes alike. You can check out Trueform Treadmills at trueformrunner.com, and we thank Trueform for being an exclusive sponsor of Next Level Radio. All right, it's time we all grow up a little bit. Ditch the pre-workout. It's not 2007 anymore, and it's nothing like jacked 3D. Ditch the shaker. You're not four years old, and you don't need a bottle anymore. And get yourself the best dippable pre-workout on the market. Each pouch is patriotically packed with 300 milligrams of caffeine and vitamins because shaker bottles suck. Send It Sups is the -the on-the-go solution for athletes, LEOs, firefighters, door kickers, and everybody in between. Head over to SendItSups.com to get the best dippable pre-workout on the market And we thank Send It Sups for being a sponsor of Next Level Radio. Next Level Radio continues to grow because of our listeners and our sponsors. Today we present you, Fat Fish Brewing, the official beer of Next Level Radio. Whether you're looking for a night out with family or smashing the best craft beers in the area, you will find it all at Fat Fish Brewing. Check out Fat Fish on the Large Street in Dickinson or check them out on their website at fatfishbrewing.com. Life has an amazing way of coming full circle and bringing to you the people that you need in your life at that time. As a young whippersnapper, four monsters deep, just excited to tackle the day, I'm headed to my first strength and conditioning conference and I hear about a company called Team Builder. Multiple coaches with experience with TeamBuilder and other platforms said the exact same thing. They said that you can get very similar products across different platforms. However, the thing that truly sets aside TeamBuilder and puts their product above anybody else's is their true and genuine customer service. As a customer for many years, both at the university setting and the private facility, I can tell you, Team Builder's customer service is absolutely second to none. Late night emails, programming issues, emergencies on my end are all resolved very, very quickly. So join the thousands of universities and private facilities that use Team Builder to elevate their businesses by going to teambuilder.com, click start my free trial and use code NLT at checkout. Our next sponsor, Nutridyne, a medical supplement company aimed at enhancing performance and addressing the underlying issues of disease. You will be hard-pressed to find the quality that you'll find at Nutridyne. 
Listeners of this podcast get 20% off all supplements. Just go to at coach underscore Wartman and click the Nutridyne link in our bio. Keep up with us on Instagram at coach underscore Wartman on our website, nl-training.com or keep up with us on the next episode of Next Level Radio. Now sit back, relax, and take in the mind-melting knowledge of this episode. Everybody, episode 120 of Next Level Radio. Um, this is something that probably should have happened a long time ago, but um, now the quality of conversation is going to be a lot better, I would say, um, no, just with everything. Public. Huh? Yeah, for the public. Yeah. Um, yeah, they wouldn't want to meet us back in the day. But um, so we've been uh, trying to get this together for a little bit and kind of all the stars aligned and shit happened and that's when the best podcast happened. So we're down here for Christmas uh, 2023 and um, I'm here with my good friend Logan Franson and we are have zero agenda, zero agenda, zero um, uh summary of kind of what we're going to talk about, but um, just introduce yourself real quick and we'll start oh, shooting shit. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm Logan Franson. We're here at Franson Safety. And, uh, speak a little louder. Yep. This be interesting. <laughs> Where do you want me to start? Dude, yeah. just who you are. Just fucking take it from there. I went to the Marine Corps right out of high school after a failed semester of college. It was a little bit more than failed. Well, I got a couple of semesters. I got a couple of credits, <laughs> but yeah. Went to the Marine Corps. I flew on C-130s, made a lot of great friends, but I realized home was, home was where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, moved back here and went to Montana Tech, got my occupational safety and health degree. A couple months later, I uh, went and took my CSP test, so I'm a certified safety professional. That's... Mm-hmm. That's a thing in this world. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, that's who I am. I, uh, I mean, we have like f- fucking 50 different avenues to go down. Um, yeah. But kind of brings us to like the main one for me, talking to you. Um, for people that don't know, um, your family has gone through the shit, really. Um, it's It's yeah. been kind of crazy. But it brings me to you taking the path to go to your... Um, your OSA certification, your safety certification and degree, and then where you're at today. Um, so kind of talk about the events that led up to you to where you're at today with your pops and the business. Well, my dad was in the Marine Corps, and I thought that was really cool. I mean, as any kid would. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just kind of tried to impress that man my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um so obviously I went to the Marine Corps to make him proud because I did a lot of stupid shit, me and you did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> try to redeem myself in a way. And in some ways I don't think I ever could, but yeah. I did my damnedest too. Um, yeah, Marine Corps and then back in the safety industry, I had worked for him for a couple summers and stuff, so it was just so easy to fall back into, to helping family. I was like hesitant at first. Because, you know how it is, growing up in high school, people talk like, oh, you're just going to walk into your family business. They're just going to sell you the business for free. Yeah, and fucking go you're going to set for life. Up. Yeah, or you'll never make it in the Marine Corps. Like, man, that's just, 
in the end, fuel to the fire. But yep. as a kid learning that stuff, I was real hesitant to do it. Well, a lot of people don't know too. Um, for people, I mean, I had some random ass sons of bitches out of, uh, there was a couple in Africa and Europe, like one or two people, not a lot of people. But for you Africans and Europeans, um, in Warland, France and safety has been a staple. And when I say a staple, looking from the outside in, that doesn't mean there wasn't fucking hard times. That doesn't mean that there was there was months that the, the bills wouldn't meet. There wasn't employee shit. But from the outside in, France and safety has been a staple for a long time. And like when you and I first met before we even were friends, we were both friends with Ian Feather. Yeah. And I remember even back then, like it just being, that's Fred Franson, that's Lori, they own France and Safety, like that's what they do, you know? Like it's always been a big staple. So for people that like, rightfully so, right? Like people look from the outside in and they think, well, that kid's gonna have it easy because their family has a million dollar company or whatever it is. Like rightfully so, they can talk their shit, but you're yeah. going through shit right now that doesn't make, it would be easier just working nine to five somewhere else right now than when you're in, Fuck. right? Yeah, yeah, it'd be a lot easier, man. Yeah, it, it it's crazy. And so, um, out of the Marine Corps, you go to Butte, and um, actually, you guys made a good, decent chunk of money off selling your reselling your house, didn't you? Oh fuck! You want to talk about that again? We already talked about uh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, well, first off, I met my wife there. That's the most important thing that happened in Butte. Um, matter through tinder but hell yeah still matter in view <laughs> nonetheless uh yeah sold my house during the housing market my senior year in college and we thought we were gonna just make it out and quit our jobs i made like 50 or 60 grand off it after selling uh -huh. and uh, we bought a camper lived in that for the winter in butte montana that was awesome and uh Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't talk about this much, and it's not, uh, it's not a big thing in your family. Me looking from the outside in, um, it would have been real nice, the position you're in right now. It would have been real nice to have another good one to two to ten years with your pops, like where, this, where you're having to take over the business now. Yeah. In those couple years i mean you weren't 100 percent mature where you're at right now like being a parent and all that shit but like what were some of the things that one that you did learn from him and two what you wish you could have now that the position you're in now because there's so much fucking shit there's so much there's so much i'd have a million questions for him i mean i already did but finding the right time and the right place to do it was near impossible well your dad's not somebody that just sits down and has an open conversation well no man well, for first off, they've been running the business for 22 years. Before that, he was working for oil and safety right out of the Marine Corps. And he bootstrapped the whole business, just fucking from yeah. the ground up. Yeah, 5,000 bucks. And my mom started this with a couple of investors. Mike and Tiff helped him out. But Yep. Uh, yeah, I started from the bottom and basically got to the top in a sense. We pushed, they, they pushed out all the competitors in the Bighorn Basin. Mm-hmm. Um, but... He taught me so many things, man. And it wasn't him sitting me down. We rarely sat down and had conversations. He was just doing. It was just lead by example. Um, 
I mean, he would always harp on me when I wouldn't do the right thing. Obviously, he would be mm-hmm. corrective, overcorrective sometimes, but I yeah. mean, because like you, for people that don't understand, like they, the, this oil and gas business and the safety business, um, they've been a staple. But um, Lo- Logan's dad passed away from uh, cancer, uh, late stage, just terrible, terrible cancer. Um, but like you're now stepping up as as we just talked about, like where's the split of the business and all this stuff after your pops passed away. But like you've stepped up into without an ownership role, an ownership role. Like you're running the day-to-day. You're doing that kind of shit. Not know? necessarily running the day-to-day, but trying to, I guess, steer the ship, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Well, Gillette's going to be your baby. Yeah, that's a whole different ball game. I mean, with the three employees that we had over there, one of them had six years' experience, so he – we thought he could manage it while we were going through the heartache. Mind you, three weeks after my dad died back in August, my brother overdosed on fentanyl. So that kind of hit the entire company, let alone our family, because he worked for us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple months ago, or last month, my grandma passed away. Yeah. So we're dealing with all that shit. And then that motherfucker just gives me a call and tells me on a Tuesday, hey, I think Monday was my last day. And he, he said he was having problems personally. So, I mean, we all have our issues. Yeah. But that, I mean, I, I ran over to Gillette the next day because I just had a bad gut feeling. And lo and behold, it was like it was like a dream come true, except in a nightmare, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And it took me a couple, like, it took me probably 10 hours of cleaning to come to that conclusion mm-hmm. and organizing and filtering all that stuff that I had to go to, I had to go through this version of hell in order for myself to feel validated to be in this position that I am in mm-hmm. without my dad being here, coaching me, holding my hand, telling me what to do in all these situations. And it would take fucking years for me to get to that level just a man all this shit. 22 years yeah he never went to he went for a semester of college when he was young before the marine right out of high school but his dad had a terminal cancer i can't remember exactly what it was so he quit went back and was a caretaker hmm. so he never went to school and that was one of the things i asked him i was like what should i do to position myself to be in your shoes and he said you need to go get your degree hmm. and That was probably the worst part of it mm-hmm. was that I was away from the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even find out until I was fucking taking my finals that he had stage four cancer. Well, when you called me, I, it, it progressed so fast. Like it just was like towards the end and you know this better than I, but you saw him all the time. I didn't see him all the time. Well, not necessarily. Well, yeah, the last two months I did, yeah. Unrecognizable. That didn't look like Fred at all. Like, physically, it didn't look like him at all. Like, it was very, very... Yeah, dude, he was a skeleton version of himself. That's what chemo does to people. It, uh, it was, my fucking wife's uncle, I just went through this last month with him. I went and visited him. Terminal cancer, liver disease. I don't know if it was... I mean, I don't, we don't know what the real cause is. Yeah. We can always speculate. Yep. But 
it was the exact same look, the exact same feeling, and it just that's the way it did. It, it happened. Looking from the outside in, so Kelby and I, uh, you called, you called me, and I was I was in the airport in Bismarck, North Dakota, when you called that he had passed away, that he had actually passed away. Um, you guys kind of had known um, it was on hospice and people came over and all the hospice stuff, but you called me and like for people, like this is emotional for me too. Like even though we were piece of shit kids and doing stupid shit and all this stuff, like they were like a second family to me and your family's a little bit different. Like you're not a sit down and have the hard conversation kind of family. You're like, <laughs> Uh, suck it up, get to work, and we'll figure it out, you know, kind of thing. But even without them saying it, they were like a second family to me. And so, I, and Kelby can tell you this too, like I remember vividly you called me, I was in the airport, and you said he passed away, which we talked the day or two days prior, and it was inevitable. I mean, that, that was what was going to happen. But the hardest part was you told me when the funeral was going to be, and I had to miss the fucking funeral. And this is just me talking from where my heart is. I had to miss the funeral and I sat in the Bismarck airport bawling, like absolutely bawling. And then a week and a half, two weeks later, Shane's happened and not, and this was just a weird thing that I had to go through. Like I didn't get to show up for your dad's. And then if I showed up at Shane's, I almost felt weird not being able to be at your dad's. You knew I was gone, but nobody else didn't know I was gone. Like your dad's was a huge funeral, like a massive, big community yeah. thing. It was fucking huge. It was, yeah. it, was, it was massive. And so like, I was like, well, fuck, people are gonna be like, why didn't you show up to, why didn't you show up to Fred's and you showed up to Shane's? Like you knew this, but like I was friends with you. I wasn't as much friends with Shane. You know what I'm saying? Like he was, he was affiliated with us and all this stuff, but like you and I were friends and he was an acquaintance in that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so like, I was way closer to your pops, but it's looking from the outside in, if you could have had like five years, it still wouldn't have been enough to like learn this. He learned all this in 22 years. Like it's crazy. Well, he worked for oil and safety for like 11 years before that. So, so he, yeah, over 30 33 years. years. And then a kid with a four and a half year degree with like minimal experience in here. I mean, yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I've been on countless, well, maybe not countless. I'm not going to sound like I'm an expert now. Probably. Yep. But you've had a lot of experience in this short year and a half, two years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, as much as you can, it's all circumstantial. Mm -hmm. Like with the drilling rigs, they don't go as they're just not drilling as much. It's starting to pick up a lot more now. Yeah. But when I first started out, I mean, that three or four years every summer I worked, I never really got a chance to go on a rig. So yeah, yeah. It wasn't until he had cancer. It was June, right after I graduated. Um, where money was tied, obviously, with crypto. You and you and your wife and your family you're saying yeah yeah, yeah money yeah. was tight for us uh we were just moving back we we're in powell still waiting for our baby to be born uh our baby girl willow the first one and uh i don't know i seem to make really irrational decisions when under big, stress under stress i guess and uh 
was that shit coin? <laughs> Luna. I was in Luna tank. Oh, shit. And I wanted to make a quick buck, so I uh, yellowed like the last six grand I had of the 50, and yeah, it was a bad day. Gone. <laughs> it was gone. Yeah, yeah. Luna, Luna took his absolute shit. Um, yeah, but back to the story, losing a lot of money uh, financially, so I was a little stressed. And I was like, well, what better way to fucking make money than go work on a rig and get rig experience? And so I thought that was a good idea. So I applied to a couple rigs, you know, with all my credentials, mm -hmm. safety credentials. Mm -hmm. Never got a call back, but I went around here. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I went and told my dad I was going to go do it. And he's like, man, you ain't going to fucking like it. And no. that ain't going to help you. No. So literally a couple days after that conversation, a work over rig calls like hey we need a supervisor 24 hours i'm like dude looking looking in peep trial maybe. by fire man that's the only way i learn it's the only way i learned too um i don't i had no fucking idea and still i'm serious just like you you're not going to say you're this seasoned vet anymore i have no fucking idea what i'm doing on the real estate side and i'm being serious i'm in the same position you are like you feel like you know the ropes but like anything can fucking happen what I'm trying to say here, for people that do know our dumbasses or ha knew us in high school or knew us in college or partied with us or did drugs with us or whatever. Okay, we're, we're right here now with who we are. Where we used to be is a fucking crazy spectrum. And like we don't see it because we're just in this day to day, right? Like I remember vividly being downtown fucking Dallas thinking we're taking Molly and uh, the guy gave us meth, more than likely. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's no the, way to know now. But there's, there, there, it was countless, countless, countless times, and like, who would have thought that we're going to be having this conversation? And when you have two kids, I have one kid, you're running uh, a, a family business, I'm running my business. Like, we were destined for shit. Absolute shit. Honestly. Well, we changed that around. Yeah. The fuck, the thought of going to a club right now just is so Makes awkward. you want to, like, throw up. Dude, I'd rather get a good Can you imagine? Sleep. <laughs> well, you know, like, uh, Jersey Shore is still no trying to make, me. like, vit move, uh, shows. Jersey Shore is. And they're, like, 40 and have three kids and shit. And they're still going to clubs and stuff. It makes me want to throw up. It's not yeah, my thing. Yeah, well, that's kind of part of what's wrong with America, you yep. know? It's quite crazy um but i just i remember vividly uh how bad and you had a little bit of a distance for a little bit you didn't realize how bad it was because you were in the marine corps i mean you still fudged around and did stupid stuff but like how bad drugs got once you came back and then as soon as you got back just got intertwined in it you know and it just completely yeah i remember that one time i was driving to dick uh driving you to dickinson <laughs> And we tried heroin, and I tried it for the first time, and I didn't get high. With a guy named N.H. that time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was the only time, dude. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. true. Not for me. <laughs> okay, speak for yourself, I guess. But yeah, I, uh, I uh, thank God to this day that I never got high. Because, I mean, my brother had an addiction for a reason. Well, he mm -hmm. had addictive personalities, for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, my dad had the same shit with alcohol, you know. I mean, of course, there's always different circumstances. Fun fact for you, back in the day, 
before there was like cell phones and shit, they would go bar hopping at night during the days in the oil field. Mm. That's how you got your jobs. You'd go to the bar, you would drink with the fucking pushers yep. and the company man, and they'd tell you, hey, I need you to be here tomorrow morning. they fucking <laughs> write it down while you're drinking yep. so you don't forget it, mm-hmm. and then you fucking wake up and go do it. And then that's how you got your job. That's how you got your jobs, man. That's crazy. That's how you hustled back in the day. Well, before these things. Well, yeah, it's completely different now. Yep. I, I, I gave a speech about, uh, it's called Business After Hours about a month ago. And I'm serious, and I'm no, you're the same thing. Shane's was an overdose, um, and what's running rampant now is fentanyl. Yeah. And if fentanyl was a thing, when we were doing the stupid shit we were doing, we'd be in his same shoes. We'd be dead. We wouldn't have a family. As hard as, hard as it is to be a father, dude, yeah. as hard as it is to be a father, like, it makes me want to freaking cry not being able to have that life, like not being able to be a father. If fentanyl was a thing, we'd both be dead because we were reckless. Absolutely, absolutely reckless. At least I was when it was like when Pounds and I lived in Dickinson, dude, and NH, I'm not going to name drop people. When he was there, I mean, he he was getting it straight from the connect. It was every single day. I'd go to football practice. I was the team captain, 4.0 athlete or 4.0 student, all conference athlete. And as soon as I got done with practice, go smoke heroin and veg out in front of a TV. Like, dude, I'm serious. If fentanyl is a thing, we wouldn't have families. We wouldn't have shit. We'd be fucking dead. Yeah, well, fuck, even if it was in 21 when we went to that club in Dallas and just asked people until we found shit. Like, how stupid is that? Especially in today's world now. And countless Ooh. times, dude. Remember, we were so... God. <laughs> Billings, messed up in Billings. And somehow we, we don't got to talk about every. Time, I'm not. Right? I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, but yeah, that it was, was a just, bad one. It was bad. It was. It, it was. It was crazy. We woke up in some random person's driveway. Driveway. Yeah. Like, well, because we were at Billings. Suburbs of Billings. We we were so messed but up. Like that acre plots, not like at a random house. Yep. It was like you drove a quarter mile onto someone's property and you parked in front of their fucking house. <laughs> we had no idea where we were at because we, we got lost and we didn't want to drive down main roads or anything. So we just found a plot and pulled up to somebody's house and slept. So it's, uh, it, it's crazy to think about, dude. But um, speaking of not like being a father, how ha- how's fatherhood, dude? I mean... We're both in this <laughs> this oh, uh, learning curve. You just talk about learning by feet to the fire. Well, my family in general, um, specifically my wife and my kids, have really been my rock, but also really my fucking fuel. Yep. And my spark. Mm-hmm. My fucking oxygen. <laughs> like all of that fire, tetrahedron, getting safety shit. Mm-hmm. All that together is like, Without it, you couldn't do it. No, dude. I'm just, I, I was just lost, wandering. Yep. I struggle with, uh, I get caught up in the day-to-day, and, like, being a dad is hard. I, I could never be a mother. To, I, I, it, as hard as we work in our business, as hard as the hours, like, you're going to work on Christmas Day tomorrow. Yeah. Like, as hard as, like, the hours are and stuff, it's ten times easier than... The, the way I look at it, it's 10 times easier than being a mom. Like, Kelby, Megan, whoever it is, they have to be 
on top of their game 100% of the time. You yeah. said tomorrow you're going to go. Oh, yeah. I was like, dude, that sucks you're working on Christmas. He's like, dude, I don't have to be really with it. I'm, I'm sitting in my vehicle, supervise it. It's not like you have to be on top of your game. Like when I get home, you have to watch him. If he starts crying, you got to feed him. If he starts shitting his pants, you got to do this and that. And then the bed night, and, or excuse me, the nighttime routine. And like it, you have to be on 100% of the time. I didn't realize how hard it is to be, well, number one, a parent, but number two, a mom, dude. Uh, I mean, my workload at work has significantly increased because I'm trying to overcompensate. Like, and I, so that's something I would like to hear your uh, opinion on. But like, um, we had a conversation about it on the phone the other day. Like, the mom, the wife doing the, the, the parenting stuff and raising your kids and not having them in public schools right away or whatever it is. But like, and then on my end, where it's a whole different thing, but like, we're the providers. We put food on the table. We go to work. We do the things. Like, I'm having a hard balance in that in life right now. Like, it's much better than what it was. But like early on when Ridge was born, when it was much harder, like mm -hmm. the night times, all that stuff is much harder. It's getting easier now. But I would get so uptight and so upset. I'd even call Kelby when she's at work, working night shifts. Like, I feel so complacent. I feel like I need to be doing something. I feel like I need to be making content. I feel like I need to be recording a podcast or um, reaching out and getting a new online client or something. Like, I, I felt so fucking complacent until I realized that I actually started building a relationship with Ridge and, like, him wanting me and me wanting him, you know? Like, he has that, he's talking to me and, like, then I'm like completely filled with utter joy, but I didn't feel it for a long time. I felt I need to work yeah. fucking harder and I need to make more money Yeah, because I'm wrapped way. up in the money. I was the same way for the first couple of months until, yeah, she, Willow started like smiling at me when yeah. I walk in the room yeah. and shit and then it just kind of changed it. It changes but everything. The work-life balance thing is tough. Um, no, speaking for... Because Megan, Megan's lucky enough, and it's amazing. And I, hopefully, Kelby's there sooner or later. But before you get into it, she's staying at home with the kids. Yeah, yeah, she's working part time. She's going to be working a lot more. She's going to be taking now, the kids to Gillette at the office and being she's be full time working. secretary. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes with two little kids. But yeah. But uh, how? Ha I mean, how? Ha how is it being a father and then the whole business life? Um. It's hard. It's really hard. I, uh, well, just to kind of backtrack, this whole past year and a half, two years, whatever, whatever you have it, since I left school, trying to just wrap my head around the responsibilities that you gain as a husband and then as a, kid, as a, as a father. You know, I mean... It's outrageous. We still haven't gotten like how to be a good son down yet, let alone how to turn around and teach a little one how to be your replacement. That's true. Like it is hard, mm -hmm. hard to make those calls. And I mean, even now, like I could have made someone else go work tomorrow, but I feel like now is my time to put in the work. I mean, my time now with the kids, I would, I'm gonna miss I'm going to miss Christmas Eve with my kiddos and my wife and their family. But I'm going to make one of my employees, which I consider family,
family as well. Yeah. I'm going to make him happy with his family. It's and true, it's, dude. Like, it's, it's a give and take. It's I'm making extra money. I'm making money for the business. Because, you know, we could have been like, business. hey, we're not going to work tonight. Yep. Like, all right, well. We're going to go find somebody else. We're going to find somebody else for one, yeah. Um, you make finding it, that balance is hard, man. I, you make a good point. I, I, I saw a video, uh, Ryan Pineda, he does, uh, he does pot, uh, real estate. He's, he's actually really good at what he does, but I, I'm not, he's not my favorite real estate guy. Let's just say that. But he talked about, um, and I struggle with this too, cause I'm doing the same thing. Like on, on this trip here home in Christmas, I, I'm starting my newest, uh, uh, group of QF people and I have six people paying me a premium, a lot of money from what I'm used to, a lot of money. And I had three meetings all over Christmas. Like my family's over with my mom, my dad, my stepdad, Bo, everybody. And I'm on this computer for an hour. Like I'm doing work. And Ryan Pineda talked about, he said, we think that like right now is our time to, okay, we need to build up and we need to, uh, uh, make more money and do more work. And so that we can kind of coast after, you know, and he said, like, it's actually opposite, but how else do we do it? How else are the bills paid? How else are all these things, you know? So like I, what I'm, I'm trying, I'm being a devil's advocate for you, what you're doing, but I do the same exact shit. Oh yeah. You didn't let me finish my story. Cause yeah. I don't have that opinion really. That's how, I mean, that's how it is right now. That's how it has to be. Yeah. We have to put the fucking work in. Right, yeah. But as far as the work-life balance, I, as long as I'm with my family, that's really all that matters. I can, I kind of got a life hack going on. My wife is getting involved in the business, so I can talk to her about work. She can be at, at yep. the same place. I can work. And I can be take together. my kids there, and we can work all together. Yep. I mean, the that's the one nice thing about the business. Like Ridge comes to the gym. And Ridge gets to hang out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's really the only, the only reason that I'm willing to stay 12, 14 hours and just mm. sweep and clean a shop. Yep. You know, it's, it's hard to find motivation to do that for three days straight. Yeah. You can only listen to so much but, next level radio podcast. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, I get it though, dude. I, uh, how he put it is like, these are the times that you pull back. Well, easy to say for somebody that has 500 real estate doors and you just hire people to take care of them. And there's no such thing as real estate is passive. I'm in the motherfucker. It's not passive. It's far from passive. Like I have one property that's not rented out right now. It's, it hasn't been rented out for like 14 days and I'm losing all the money that I made all year long. You know, because I don't, you don't make a lot of money off each door. That's why you have to buy and buy and buy. It's far from passive. Um, but that was the biggest, biggest. So I'll ask you after saying this, my hardest thing becoming a father was riding the line between efficiency and busy. Am I being efficient or am I just being busy for the sake of busy? Because my business is a little bit different than yours. Like I'm not clocking in, but I'm making content, which is going to get somebody to sign up or like doing something like that. The difference between efficiency and busy and spending time and finding joy with my son and finding joy in what I do in business. Cause I fucking love what I do. I, I, I do like we're making a podcast right now. Like I love what I do, but like I struggle with that hard. 
and I felt complacent when I was spending time with my son, so I had resentment towards my son early on. That's mm. fucked up. It's twisted. I had resentment because he's crying and I have to set everything down. Yeah, you'd rather just like, all right, he's crying, give her to the, give her to the wife so I can go do something else. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I had uh, resentment against him. I have those thoughts too. Or I guess subconsciously I just do it. Yeah. And I, subconsciously we do it, but we act upon it and they, <laughs> they see that, you know, like, I don't know. I, early, it's got so much better and I think Kelby would tell you the same thing. It's got so much better because like I truly enjoy and love yeah. and being with him. You know? Yeah, but there's a lull. There's like, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to act. I don't know how to be. For what, four to six months? Yeah, something like that. I mean. Two to four, two to six months-ish. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll let you know. I'm going through that again. My little boy is two months old now. Yeah. So. yeah. so what's been your biggest struggle? Hmm. I would say not having a home. Bouncing around. Yeah. Yeah. Since I sold my house in 21, I haven't. You haven't had a home base? No, I've, we've lived in Powell with her parents. We've lived in Cody in an apartment. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yeah. Just I mean, quick. Working for a month in Oregon Basin. Just supervision every day. I yep. get to bring the wife up. We just, she went on a baking spree, got some bomb-ass recipes. She starts sourdoughing yet? Uh, not sourdough. Yeah. She's made some bread. Yeah. She's made a couple good loaves of bread. Okay, sure. We're getting into sourdough. Love it. What yeah. has it been? Um, and then living at my mom's house for, I guess, the past almost, year or so. Yeah, almost a year. I mean, it's a, amazing situation it's a blessing um you can be with your mom going through all this but she can also be there for you again i know that your family's not like i'm there for you kind of thing right off the bat but um it's a big blessing but it's also like you want to start your life you want to do your shit that scared the shit out of me ice maker. ice maker um you want to build your life and build your roots and do all those things but you're still living with your your mom you know that that'd be i, don't, I couldn't do it i even asked kelby because this is how it is my brain with business and real estate and all this stuff i said kelby i don't think it'll ever happen but if something happened and we fell flat on our fucking face and we had to do it and i didn't want to sell this house that we live in because it's perfect real estate it's right next to the college it's a perfect rental perfect um would your parents let I would rent this place out. I don't want to sell it. Rent this place out and live with your parents. They're like, yeah, they would take us in in a heartbeat. But like, I would never want to do that. It's just it's it's hard uh, living with your in-laws or living with your parents. It's 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 a whole different world. Yeah. Well, I mean, the circumstances are just different. Hundred percent. I mean, my dad died. Yep. It was a five thousand square foot home that they built from this business their dream home that i they mean planned just, on living in for the rest of for the rest of their lives yep i mean dream home acreage endless badlands behind it horses one level beautiful deck it, it really makes the i mean the man, point solid 
family's everything because look what happened. My dad had a nice dually, uh, I don't even know how long it is, like a 44-foot camper. Like, they were going to travel the States. They were getting ready to hang it settle up. down and pass the torch. Mm -hmm. They knew I wasn't ready for it, but, I mean, he was planning on fucking staying there for another five, decade. ten years, yeah. I, I think this is a good segue here for you. Um, you weren't ready for it, and this is me looking from the Still outside ain't in. Still ready, but... The only way to get... And we talked about this on the phone. The whole thing as a whole, your dad passing away and you having to step into the business, full-fledged, just getting thrown into the business. But now this whole Gillette thing that's happening, and we talked about it, and we've been talking a lot about religion and energy and all this different stuff as of recent. This is my perspective. Your dad made Gillette happen for a reason. I 100% think your dad set you up for that. I really do. I, I truly believe that like that happened so you learn the ins and outs, so you go restart it from the bottom, that you go do all this stuff, and that's what's going to make you ready because in, if he would have stayed around for another five to ten years, you wouldn't have the sense of urgency. You said it. It's, the, it's a dream in a nightmare. You would have, even if he was here for the next five to ten years, you wouldn't have taken the initiative and have the motivation and the willpower you have right now with this whole Gillette situation going on. Right. He would have handled it. And held he your hand through it. Well, he wouldn't even. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's hard to put myself in his shoes, but I wouldn't have. I mean, that was the thing. I went over to Gillette, and I called up my mom, and I said, I need to move here. Shit's messed up. I need to fix this. It wasn't, hey, Dad, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. What do we do? Just pointing out, like, oh, I observed this, you know, trying to get him to say something. Because that's all I wanted him to do was to fucking talk. Yep. Yep. But now you're forced to. Yeah. As much as yeah. it as much as much it sucks, it, I can't imagine it, and I'm going to have to go through it at some point. As much as it sucks, <clears throat> best thing for you. I mean, besides your family being here. Yeah. I would say. I mean, that's me looking from the outside in, um, not going through all the, the shit. Um, you wouldn't be in the spot you are today without it, you know? Because, like you said, your dad would have kind of guided you through everything pretty easy, or, or just took the reins and just said, hey, I'm going to fix this and be done yeah, with it. Yeah, we just took the reins. Yeah. It's crazy. You guys have gone through a lot of shit recently. Um, I don't know, man. Remember that uh, that book I was telling you about? Have you read it yet? The PDF yeah. that you sent me? Yeah, that manuscript or whatever. I, think it I read is. like ten pages, but you sent me two books. You sent yeah, me two well, books. I, so I, with that book, I read like four or five other books that were mostly spiritually based. Spiritually based. Uh huh. And you said yourself, you saw that switch in my attitude mm -hmm. and my mentality. It's not so much the religious side of it, but it's, I guess, the common commonality of it, where it's, it's a, a creator of some sort. Mm -hmm. It all leads back to a source. It's not a big bang. It's a, some type of uh, intelligent creation. Yeah, it's not, extent. hey, someone else telling you to believe in this because this is written. Yep. You have to read it and believe it. Like, 
Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, With everything that I know now, it's kind of kind of hard to make me not see through that white curtain there that you're hanging in front of me. Mm -hmm. Well, and we agree and disagree on a, on multiple things. We agree on a, a lot of things, and we disagree on some things too. Right. Um, which is good. Which is which is good. Um, Healthy. Yes. Uh, like I'm 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 now Catholic. I've been Catholic for five years now. Um, I didn't grow up Catholic and the Catholic church has a way of, this is, this is the Bible. I grew up as this is the Bible. This is sacred scripture. So as much as like you, you dive into these books now too, and you've read them and come to believe them. It's the same exact thing with the Bible, but with the churches, when the churches get involved, they have their perspective and what they want you to believe out of what the scripture says yeah you know like this 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 is the funnel here's here's your here's your bible but this is the funnel we want you to see the bible through and i think that's where things get a little bit muddy um because as much energy and we talked about this as much as energy as i put into that book that you sent me is about the same energy that you put into the actual reading of the bible mm. you know what i'm saying yeah and like we're both on look both at like ends this. of that if you look at america now Mm -hmm. versus 1776 when it was founded mm -hmm. with the amendments and what, it, what all our regulations are now. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the same thing with the Bible. Look how many different versions there are now. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's all false, but I'm saying that it's not all prophecy. Yeah. There's well, all it takes is to change the definition of a word. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, virgin, if that meant back in the day that you just had a baby without being married, mm -hmm. well, that completely changes the entire, like, thought process. Jesus wasn't born from... A virgin. From magic, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. There was an actual cause and effect from it. I'm not saying it's true. I, I don't know what to believe. I just, I just like to think, what if? Uh -huh. Because life kind of sucks if you just constrict yourself to the boundaries that were... Well, and having to live I, by. how I look at it is like you, you talk about like one creator. For me, that's God 150%. Yeah. Um, I think it's a miserable being if you don't have something to look up to. Yeah. Like something. Like if you're just confined to your current reality, there's, if there's not something to look up to, it's a, it's a miserable, miserable life. Dude, if you follow science, you'll find... Scientology. <laughs> Well, not Scientology. I don't know if that's considered science. But you'll find, like, frequencies and resonances. It's all translated into energy. Uh -huh. And that's something interesting that I never got to bring up to you, too. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Those are the first, those are the first words that are spoken in the Bible in Genesis. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. So there's people way smarter than myself that made a TikTok, and I don't know if I ever even saved it. But this TikTok talks about frequencies mm. and the creator and religion and God and all this. And what they're saying is God in his frequency, the creator of all, the, the Messiah, through energy, the word was God and God was the word. He is the word. We believe the word that he puts down. Um created everything from his frequencies of his voice yeah that's uh a, a crazy 
that that's like yeah that's what kind of blew my mind is putting all of that together like not just electricity not just a fire not just photons or light or whatever you want to call it. It's mm-hmm. all energy. It's all the same product. It's just translated into something different. If in a different We're state. We're energy. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have a charge. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, pretty easy if you just look for it. Mm-hmm. It's just connecting the dots that's very hard. Being well, and one thing that, it. like, we truly agree on, and it, it can be on the religious side or a spiritual side or an energy side or whatever, like the law of a, a true attraction. Yeah. And we talk about like you having anger when your kid yells or um, you, we, us not having a positive or optimist outlook on something and we have a negative outlook and it's going to attract one negative experiences, stuff happening in your day that's negative to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, negative people. It's all going to attract to you what you put out, you know? And th- th- that's the whole basis of religion in its purest form. Do good to others. Love one another as your, as your own. Like, it's this have this positive outlook on everything. And in the world we're in today, without that, you're going to go nuts. And I, I, we drive ourselves nuts talking about everything like this, like everything that's going on in the world. But, like, what else can we do? We just have to buckle down and do what we have to do. It comes down to that. That's how I look at it. Yeah. I'd rather be positive and optimistic, though. I mean... We have families now. We have to be. Well, yeah, not only that, but it's just a better existence. And on the spiritual side, it talks about the thoughts and emotions and having energy behind it. Mm -hmm. It rippling out like a drop in the ocean. And it attracts... The it, like it's it like a magnet, like, yeah. like polar or no, well, that's opposite track. That yep. doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I truly believe in that. There's stuff that you have talked about that I don't believe, and there's stuff that you that I do believe. I truly believe everything is energy, and I, I truly believe that we just have a different outlook on some things about it. But um, early on, and we talked about this when you. Uh, put energy into reading the Bible or reading these books or exposing yourself to these different thoughts. Um, you were uh, for, I don't know if it was two weeks long, a month long, whatever, but you were like inundated. You were uh, overwhelmed with like negativity about the world. Cause I think you just kind of things that like, since COVID happened, we've lived in a freaking crazy world since COVID happened. Everything, just just something crazy the whole time. And I've been a pessimist about everything and a conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. until every single one of my conspiracies that I had came true. Every single one of them since COVID. And then once yeah, you COVID put- COVID being the start of it. Yeah, and once you put your energy into that for that first, call it three, four weeks, you were so negative about everything. And I told you that on the phone, like everything like, They've lied to us about this. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And then you finally came to the fact that like, okay, I've exposed myself to this knowledge, but now like I need to do something about it instead of just focusing on the negative. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause you were, you were like, there was one thing after another of just something bad. Well, there's, that's the fucking proof in the pudding. Some water. Keep talking. That's the proof in the pudding, man. I mean,
Mm-hmm. Heard that. You can keep talking. That's right. Oh. I don't have to cut it. Well, like with the thoughts and emotions, that's that's the proof in the pudding. When I'm happy and I'm positive and something bad happens and I don't react to it with a negative thought, then I don't correspond it with a negative emotion and then the cycle doesn't repeat. Yeah. Perfect example, um, when I was in Cody, after a long day, my, I like sit down, my daughter gets on my lap, I got a big glass of milk, didn't, haven't taken a sip yet, and she just fucking reaches out and grabs me and hugs me, and it obviously spills it all over the place, and I snap at her, and I had this like, wait, she meant to do that out of love. She was trying to hug you. Yeah, she's trying to hug me. My initial reaction was going to be like, quit it, and, or like yell at her yell and at tell her. her to stop. And then she would never have fucking expressed love that way again. She wouldn't trust herself to expose herself to show love to you. Yeah, that's her first exposure. Like, oh, I'm, I'm just showing my pure love and joy and emotion. Don't really know how to express it. Well, I'm not going to do it that way anymore. Yeah. You know, like, I start thinking like that, and... I just, I don't want to be in a negative mindset anymore. I have a great example There's about this. There's too many reasons. There's too many, too many things that can bring us down right now. Mm-hmm. Like we, I don't know. What were you going to say? The, my best example, um, grew up with a very hard dad, uh, alcoholic, and just struggled with a lot of stuff. And he's done amazing now. He's, he's amazing. He's been sober for a long time. People change. Yes. <laughs> um, but... One thing that, and I, I don't know if you'll ever listen to this, but one thing that really I struggle with a lot, meeting Kelby and her family, they, if every family has their things, but they're as close to a perfect family. They're not perfect, but yeah. they, they, they have a very healthy relationship, very healthy. And yelling and screaming and disciplining like that is not even on the table. It's just, you just don't do it. And so me coming from mine where it's physical screaming all this stuff fist fights here and there whatever it is but screaming at any wrongdoing spilling a glass of milk like the the reaction he didn't have the foresight to think about that and it implanted into me where that's my reaction i've now got a very good grasp on it very i feel like i have a very good grasp on it like i'm not screaming and I, I will never yell at him because Kelby and I talk about it. Like, we just don't allow it. When her and I are in arguments, which happen frequent, zero yelling. Zero. We never do it. We never raise our voices at each other because it makes me uncomfortable because of my childhood. It mm-hmm. makes me so uncomfortable. So the, my example, every time we come visit, my dad is completely sober and he's amazing. and He does well with that. But the thing that stresses me out so bad is my little brother Tyson, who is Down syndrome. Um, but um, it's the yelling in the house. Like, I put a blanket on the floor. I said, pick that up. Like, screaming, absolute screaming at everything. And it bothers Kelby to the core, and it bothers me to the core bad. But that's how, they, that's how they've done it. That's how we d- talk to me. That's how they discipline me. Um, it's how he was disciplined. Probably. It's how he was disciplined, and I, I, I know I've broke the chain because I Kelby, and it started before. It started with respect between Kelby and I. We just never, we never yell at each other. We can't because I'll just keep on doing it. 
I, I don't know, because it, it makes me so uncomfortable that, like, we, it's hard to enjoy the time there, you know? It, it, it's really uncomfortable because everything, everything's like that. It's the same thing with the spilled milk. And you can have PTSD in more than just yeah. gunfights. It's emotional trauma. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Childhood, yeah. doesn't matter. Drug and I abuse. Think, I think, too, the... The reactions that we have, well, at least for me, stem from childhood. Mm -hmm. Stem from those like instances where they're screaming at us, and we don't know why, so we just swallow it and, and we, shut down. We don't deal with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, but I feel like uh, we're still just trying to figure this all this stuff out. But we're oh, fuck, yeah. doing the best that we can with the resources that we have. And I think that's been good for you, like reading and researching and doing these things. It's been really good for you um, because there's probably other stuff like spending more time, like true quality time, uninterrupted, not looking at the phone, not doing this, not doing that. Like that's probably my biggest struggle with mm. that. You know, I do I have a grasp? Do I have a grasp on not yelling? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I don't, I don't yell, but there's plenty of other shit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What's the suggestion? Um, you have an Airbnb that you have. Why don't you take advantage of the app and go find one every once in a while, and just go. Just be with the family. Plug. Yep. Me and Meg have done that a few times, and we you always, did that in Clark. Yeah, we yeah. did it in Clark. We did it up in Red Lodge, and then um, over in Daniel this past two weeks when I was down in Salt Lake getting my. Where's Daniel? It's like twenty minutes west of Pinedale. Wyoming. Mm -hmm. It's just a small town. Oh. It's like got a gas station and a restaurant. That's it. Huh. But it's kind of like a tent sleep yeah. scenario, close to the mountains. Just got a cabin up there, man. Doesn't have Wi-Fi. No service, just us and the kids. Yeah. We had a couple glasses of wine and played some cards and just relaxed, man. Just did it for a weekend? Just for a night. Yeah. That's all we had. Mm-hmm. I, I need it more than most. My whole life is wrapped around that. Um, I know it. I that have one, a That one time, we went to lunch in Cody. Me, you, Kelby, and Megan. It was like the only time we ever... Where? Got together in Cody. You came for lunch or some shit. What were we doing there? I don't know. Mm. But we were driving back, and I, I thought it was weird, too, and I had a conversation with Megan about it, and we talked about it, and it's kind of relating to this problem. Mm -hmm. We didn't even have a conversation until we got to Grable. It was just me and Megan mm -hmm. and your wife having a conversation. You were on Instagram making a post. Mm -hmm. Like, in my head... I'm thinking like selfish thoughts, like, oh, this fucker is just, I guess I'm not that fucking cool anymore. Or mm -hmm. He doesn't have time for me. I guess he's just really busy with the business. And then the more I thought of it, I was like, well, it's not selfish in his mind. He's just doing business, business while it's convenient. Mm -hmm. It's not that he's actively ignoring the entire conversation. He thinks yeah. he's listening in the back of his head. Everyone fucking thinks they can do it, mm -hmm. you know? And that's why I need to unplug more often than not. Um, I, uh, which is just a never-ending cycle. I, I, every day I have this. It's called the ADHD planner. It, it's awesome. I, <laughs> it, it works great for my ADHD. Um, but it has like thoughts, and it has like you can time block your whole day. Also, I don't use that portion because I use it on my phone. But then, like things that you have to do, it says have to do or could do. And you just make a list of things I have to do today. And I could do these if I have time, but this list has to be done first. Ooh, um, it's, it's really, really cool. 
Um, but a quote that I write in there every single Monday is create, don't consume. And I have to do that every day because when I start creating, I'm like, oh, I need to, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a business post. But then I find myself scrolling and then the ridge is right there looking for my attention. But I, I'm telling myself I'm doing business, which sometimes I'm not. You know, I'm, yeah. oh, I'm going to make a post, but uh, then I just get scrolling through it and I just don't make anything. And now, so I'm trying to make a conscious effort of creating, not consuming, which is a never ending cycle because I'm creating it for other people to consume. You see what I'm saying? I don't think you have to be doing creating or consuming. Yeah. I mean, you could just be present, mm -hmm. you just be there. And that's something too that I've, I'm not, trying to judge you in any way. It's just an observation that I've kind of thought of. Mm -hmm. Watching my little daughter figure out how to fucking put a straw in a little The small, cup. stupid things. Holy shit, man. Learning how fascinating a fan, a spinning fan really is. Like Rich has a fascination with socks. Yeah, this dude. thing is socks. <laughs> it's the craziest Our shit. Our whole house has laundry everywhere. And that little son of a gun he knows the difference of a sock between any other piece of other clothing. And he grabs socks out of it and he starts like holding it up and talking to the socks like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. And then he just carries it with him everywhere he goes and just holds, he always has a sock in his hand. He's always just walking <laughs> around and shit. But it's the fascination with the small things like that. Yeah. Like that we overlook because these are dopamine suckers. Yeah. And you know. I mean, that, for me, my, my business is way different than yours. And this is, sure. me, this is me justifying it in my head. But um, my business is way different than yours. Mine is wrapped around this. I get customer acquisition from that. You know, yours isn't customer acquisition from Facebook. Well, don't you or, get that shit from word of mouth, too? Oh, yeah, 100%. I would say businesses that weren't created with word of mouth can't sustain just by word of mouth. So what I'm doing now is I'm trying to build, or I have, I, I'm still trying to build, but I'm building it actively is online. So where I'm doing work when I'm here, I can do work. I don't have to be in the gym away from my family. I can do work anywhere. Like that's my end goal. And that's what I've done. Like it's not, it's starting to surpass my training income. Um, well, hold on. Cause I, I kind of see the conundrum there. Mm -hmm. You can't get away from work. Oh, I struggle with it bad because I, mean, I love what I do. I really well, do. Well, so do I, man. Mm -hmm. But if you're working on your phone too, just even more, if you have more money or more clients on there, mm -hmm. it's more workload. Oh, 100%. When this, when this goes, that's my end goal. It's like give up having to be obligated to train in a gym. That's the end goal. To where this is a little bit more, you could call it passive, I meet with people once a week and their program is, I, I make their program. You through, know what I'm saying? Through that? Through, through Zoom. Yeah. Yep. But it's different. You go to an oil rig. Well, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I don't know if, if that's going to change your entire who you are. You're going to be like the guy on a Zoom doing like p90x and shit no, you know? I, I don't know I, you can no. keep it the same how you're going you know i'm just saying mm -hmm. like where's your end goal you started off because you wanted to see people grow and mature like mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And you saw that day in and day out. You saw them in the seven gym. Year, seven and a half years now. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sure those relationships that oh, you meet uh, in person. They're the better than anything. Oh, yeah. That's what I truly love doing is training athletes. Like It's just athletes. Like I'm about 85%, call it maybe 90% athletes, and the rest are like general population people that I train forever. But at, going back to our point, word of mouth is my biggest advertising, 100%. 100%. You train somebody and they tell somebody and... I think that is... 100%. Everything, man. Mm-hmm. I beg to differ. Successful businesses in most industries, not all, but most industries are leaving shitloads on the table if they can... If their business can sustain without social media and online presence, that's a whole different thing. I'm saying like industries that it's intertwined in that. The fitness industry is one of the biggest ones. The makeup industry, the um, any type of education industry, if you're doing education, like talk about like education for France and safety, making online modules and training uh, a staff in Colorado or whatever, Utah or Texas or whatever it is. Like that's a, that's a whole nother avenue. But I'm saying companies that aren't built on it in today's world, you can't grow a thriving, growing, successful business without it. No. It's, and it's fucked. It's fucked. It's because we got oligarchies everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's basically a monopoly with just four or five big leaders. Yep. There's no way that... I mean, I would never be able to start this thing from, from the, the ground, ground up. up. Yeah. But that took 22 years of, well, 30 years, 33 years of relationships and word of mouth. Yeah, true. I mean, I'm a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, someone bootstrapping a business now is, I don't know, unless you have a, a new market that there's no big competitor in, it's pretty tough. I just thought of that on like, here. Even like you do all your physical safety training in a one-on, or not a one-on-one, but in person in a classroom, correct? Mm-hmm. That's something that... I don't know if that's something you want to develop, but you guys could hire people to develop. You digitize your whole PowerPoint. You digitize your uh, your education that they have to pass, their curriculum. You digitize that, and now you have a Zoom meeting with Colorado Safety Company, or excuse me, a Colorado oil company. That's a whole new ballgame. Yeah. And you're thinking like a... I just thought about that because I I said education. Yeah, you're thinking like a good capitalist would. Yeah. But I I just don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. And it's purely for the fact of, like, efficiency. It's not efficient. Well, it's not even efficiency. It's not efficient at the start. It's not efficient learning. Oh, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Sitting it, watching a Zoom meeting clicking through a module, waiting for the time to get up or to go before you can click next. It's not good. I'd agree with that. Some people, some weird people, (laughs) learn better like that. I don't. Everyone learns differently, but... Mine has to be hands-on. Yeah, from this course down in Salt Lake, that was what they taught us, was really just the different techniques and the tools and how to teach people, and it really just blew my mind open. You know, like, my entire perception on how to teach is how my, you learn in my industry is just to use powerpoints like oh here's a slide read the slide or talk about the slide don't read the words but yeah. use a powerpoint 
That man, that that instructor there for four or five days didn't pull up one PowerPoint. Yeah. We I mean, we talked through all the course outcomes and all the ob objectives and all that kind of stuff, but it was through casual conversation. It was through interactive style talking. That's why I love podcasts and stuff like that too. Yeah. Like it's it's nobody ever thought podcasts would be what they would be, and now they're like electing presidents. <laughs> where we're at right now it's it's crazy yeah it's absolutely crazy um one thing uh i ask everybody at the end of the podcast uh seriously think deep about this because i i have my own answer and people hear it every day on the podcast but um it changes over a while when you're at your funeral you're dead your family's there, when it's all said and done, when everything's over, what do you want people to remember Logan Franson as? Like, what what are the things you want people to say at your funeral about you? Because we don't, we never know when that time is going to come, and this is a heavy question that I always hammer on people. We never know when that time is going to come, and we're trying to do the day-to-day -day things that build the legacy that we want people to talk about when we're sitting in that coffin, but look at the shit that your family's gone through. Your pops, it was more expected. Shane, it wasn't. I mean, inevitably, if he kept doing what he was doing, yes. But instant, no. Like three weeks after your dad died, no. So he didn't get a build. He was, he was stuck in addiction, and he didn't get to build what he wants people to to say at his funeral. And I think if we can reverse engineer that, we can do what we want to do and we can build what we want to build. So if we think about what we want people to say at our funeral, we can build that. What do you want people to say at your funeral? What, what are, when somebody says the name Logan France and what do you want them to think about? Just that he was a good man. Mm -hmm. Why though? Like what, uh, what makes a good man then? Someone who uh, who cares, who uh, does their best to provide unconditional forgiveness, and uh, man, I just try to do it better. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't have a good thought. I've never never put myself in that shoe. It's a weird shoe. It's a weird shoe. I've always kind of just thought I'd figure it out. And I think day. if we if we think about it, we can take the steps to like do it. Is how I look at it. Um, everything in my life has revolved around people. Me getting clean started with a person. Me, but I called my coach. Um, me doing anything, it's all people. Like we stand on the shoulders of giants. Um, and I'm in an industry where it's like one on one with people daily. Like I'm just with these people and building relationships with them mine all revolves around I want people to say like he loved people like when you sit down and you have a conversation you're sitting down and having a conversation because you genuinely want to have a conversation not because you have a different means to an end about having that conversation you know what I'm saying like I want people to say like that guy is genuine I'm building it right now but I want people to say like that guy worked harder than most people that I know. And I hope that that's something that I can 
instill in Ridge to some extent, but like I want people to say that, and I think people would. Like he worked harder than anybody else. Like I hope people can say that, but it comes down to like loving people and including my family first. Like being a morally good person, but loving people and my family are first. It's my big thing. Yeah, I'm a caveat though because truly, who the fuck cares what mm -hmm. people think? Mm -hmm. Even, I mean, put my put myself in my mom's shoes. I don't know how it all feels to lose a husband no. for that long, but why not? Fuck it. Mm -hmm. Fuck what he thinks. We'll figure it out later. Because if she sits there and it's like, well, what, what would Fred do? What would Fred do? What would Fred do? It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, It's not your current reality anymore. It's not. And the longer you stay in it, the longer you're going to dwell in it. Mm -hmm. Like The longer you're going to feel shitty the longer you're gonna want to go drink mm-hmm yeah. it's fuck what they think i mean I, i'm not saying i i no i see what you're me, saying but do what you think is best mm -hmm. not that's like my one good advice do what you think is best not what you think others what want other what other mold that other people put you in people yeah. put you in a mold and well, like hey you should do this or well you the mold this. that you think people think of you mm -hmm. it's it's fuck that it's oh fuck kobe's my best friend i don't want to ever do say anything bad about mm -hmm. his little ears or something mm -hmm. <laughs> better little ears than little dick <laughs> but you know what i mean no i get what you're saying i i look at it as a perspective of not giving weight to anybody other anybody else's opinion like not giving weight to it but taking the steps that I want them to, that I want to elicit. Let's take their opinion out of it. Like, not their opinion. What do we want to think about ourselves? What do we want to elicit in other people, but it's not about their opinion. My right. thing is, is I want people to think that I want myself. I want to be somebody that worked harder than anybody else. I want to be somebody that loves people and my family and, like, has a vested interest in them, you know? Like, Pounds will never, pounds may, but like having deep, 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 deep relationships with people is how I, how I like it. Somebody that I look up to a lot, and I hope he, he'll never listen to this, but Bo Bird. Bo Bird literally loves every single person, flawed, not flawed, anything. I mean, wholeheartedly. Like, you have a conversation with him, you're the only person in the world. Yeah. Like, I know, it's, it's captivating, you know what I'm saying? I like that because it's not, it's not fake. There's not a facade. There's not a smokescreen with it. It's just this. It's who he is. Yeah. He just chooses to be happy yeah. regardless of what other people Any think. Any circumstances, yeah. He's and doing what he does, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's another reason, like, I've had a hard time going to funerals. Like, my aunt just passed away this last week, and I... Your grandmother. My aunt. My grandmother passed away last month. My aunt passed away last week. Who? What, I didn't know about aunt this. Jerry, Randy, Randy. Oh mom. yes, yes, on the Randy set. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, this is grandma. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I knew that. I knew so that. She, she passed away. I wasn't able to go to that one because I was working. I had to be on a job. But going to funerals in general, that that vibe, that feeling of everyone not knowing how to act or feel like yeah, it's just. I don't know. 
why why put yourself down in that situation it's supposed to be like a celebration of life mm-hmm. not and it never is yeah it never is it's always sorrow it's always oh i should have had this i should have had this instead of fuck we had all of this time together remember all the great things it's never that it's never that until like a year after I struggle with that a lot too because like we always just put stuff off for the inevitable. We just put stuff off like oh, I I'm not I haven't spent time with this person or whatever, but I could go do it another time or whatever it is. Like you talk about like going in Airbnb and unplugging. Like my big thing is with our families, you live with your mother, so it's different. Um the blessing in this scenario. Say my say my parents have 20 more years. And I think I have 20 more years with my family. I have 20 more years with my parents. But I get home once a year. So I have 20 more fucking visits. Think about it like that. Yeah. I have 20 more visits. And I just checked one more off. I checked number 19 off. And that's if you make it back every year. And I don't. Yeah. You got another family to think about. Yours, but also your wife's. Yeah, it's two I separate mean, it's families all, now. It's all yours. Yeah, but it's two separate families, yeah. you know. Like that's, that's, I get 19 more visits for the five hours that we're awake during the day or 10 hours, whatever it is, you know, like that's, we end up putting it off for the inevitable and we just put it off. Like I, we have unlimited time with them, but it's so definite when it happens. Like it's it's done. You have no, this is the conundrum. You can either choose to go do a podcast with your best friend that you've been wanting to do for four or five years. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you can go home and hang out with your grandpa for a couple hours before you go to bed. Or have your employee go to Christmas or you go to Christmas. You know? But then I'd be in Powell. Yeah. So like, it's just, it's nuts. Life is crazy. Mm-hmm. Just don't fall asleep. You, like falling asleep at the freaking wheel, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end it, dude. Um, <clears throat> you guys can find France in safety. Uh, Obviously, we talked about social presence and all that, but you can guys find them on uh, the interwebs. Fran- I'm guessing you guys have a website. Yeah, yep. it's just francesafety.com. Yep, yep. And see, that's the cra- that's a different thing. Like, individuals aren't reaching out to you. Companies are reaching. You guys are a B2B business. So it's, it's much different. B2B businesses are marketing to businesses, business to business. Mine's B2C, business to customer. You know, it's just different. Like, it's still customer, but you guys are hired by businesses. Yeah. You know, so, you so it's just have, a different, it's a different social media thing. Yeah. You don't have to deal with PO numbers and yeah. all that jazz. Oh, not nothing. I got to deal <laughs> you with. You get instant cash right yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different, it's we a wait different about, world. We usually wait 90 days. That's usually a turnaround <laughs> for most businesses. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, man, I'm glad we got to do it. I'm glad the stars aligned. Um, I'm glad that we got to just shoot the shit, dude. I appreciate it. Love you, bud. Yes, love you too, man. That is episode, what did I say, 120? 120.